Hey everyone, this is our third episode. I'm so excited for this. This episode is a much shorter episode. It's looking at, it's probably going to be about an hour and a half, hour and 35 minutes by the time everything gets done. This is a short interlude with Nithvari and a brand new character. Uh, Vitaside has introduced an old character, Corso, which I'm very excited to have uh, once again. Has a beautiful backstory that we will cover at some other time. But as always, I hope you guys enjoy. This is Welcome to Knock and Possible Poachers Pose Pelt Predicament Part 3. So, first things first, let's go over what happened in our last session. Seeing as our dear friend Voxka was not around to listen. I don't know who this Voxka is you're talking about. Because um, real life friends are better than D&D friends. That is true. False? <laughs> yeah, 100% I am with uh, not Voxka. Um, so during the last campaign, we had quite a bit happen. Uh, these are pulling from notes that were put together by Felon. Uh, I don't know who will be keeping notes today. So whoever it is, just... God, God damn it. I can do it if you like. I can do it. Mm, thank you. So, at the start of last game, we had uh, the party that was out west of town who had attempted to follow a troll through some deep forest. And they got lost. <clears throat> and needless to say, they decided to bunk down for the night. Unfortunately, due to some poor perception rules by Nidvari... Um, a pack of wolves that had come upon them was not seen until the fight had started. They did away with the wolves, but not without taking some injuries. So the next morning, uh, Falrin skinned uh, the wolves, and everyone had decided to return to the farmhouse. While there, Nidvari uh, investigated the house that had burned. Um, most of the house had been burned down, but there, of course, was remnants. After checking the house, they found that there was no human remains in the house. However, Nithvari had found two silver necklaces and the metal that was left over from some kind of tools. Footprints that they that Knox had found the previous night were refound, and they followed them because as they were going back to this town of Knock. When they got back to Knock, the town was in a state of wild activity. Guards were everywhere. Um, it was pandemonium. Stopping a nearby sergeant, they learned that the Balin family, whose farm had been attacked the night previously, had made it to town and that the guards were put on duty as expecting something, some kind of attack. Group returned to Stoneforge, who was this who yeah as the center of the town currently he was giving orders to guards and he was getting advice from the white uh, white prophet who is a the one of the druids at the at the wildland sanctum stoneforge has learned that there is an orc raiding party to the south 5 days ride from nalk which would put it a 2 day ride 
uh, hard, sorry, five day hard ride from Nalk, two day hard ride from the capital of the duchy, of uh, the duchy, Eladar. Um, the party th at this point split up, want some to go collect uh, the bounty from Master Gadano, as Stoneforge was too busy to take care of that at the time. And Nidvari went and found the Balin family, returned their heirlooms, and learned a little bit a little bit about the Balin family. Upon returning to the mapmaker's mistake, they found um, Master Stoneforge berating the some sort of noble. They don't know his name at the time, and they gathered from the argument that was had that this noble either collected taxes or somehow looked after the coffers of the duchy and Stoneforge threatened his life and told him to leave the gold and he did. There was then a lot of other adventuring that went on. They were, they actually decided to go out to the other homesteads to bring anyone there oh, into, into Nock so that they could be protected. Um... And also, they went out to also find out if anyone else had been attacked by the trolls and kind of get a layout of the land. They warned the Bernsteins. At home was only Odelaine and Hope. Hope agreed that as soon as Block had returned, that they would go out. The party went out and they found <clears throat> the Dothrothi farm, eventually finding Block and uh, Mistress Dothrothi. Death through a series of very powerful suggestions and through actually the wizard of the group, Felon, casting suggestion on uh, Mistress Nathavari. Dothrothi, sorry. Um, yeah, wrong name. Woo. They put the fear of God into them. They also went out and found Master Ferngoose, or Ferngoose, convinced him to return to Nock. And because Nithvari was very concerned about the Bernsteins, that they get back to the knock safely, they went and checked the farm. By this time it was night. They found that no one was there. They felt better. They started to walk back towards Nock, and when they got to the basilisk nest, basilisk nest, they found three new statues. The family Bernstein had been turned to stone by two large basilisks that were circling around the family. Through some quick thinking on Nithvari's part, she led the um, basilisk away. A fight ensued. They came out successful in the fight, um, but the Bernsteins continued to be uh, to be stoned. The rest of the party, Nox, Felon, and Balron, returned to Nock to give news of what happened. And. Nith, uh, Nithvari had spent the evening and the next day keeping the Stone family safe. Um, between sessions, we we did kind of a mini session. While there, Nithvari has seen three much smaller basilisk in the nest, and anytime one would come anywhere near. The Bernsteins, she would cast Minor Illusion to make it look as if there was no stone there. Uh, this has so far been successful. 
and where where we're going to pick up. Nithvari is near enough to the bird seems to keep an eye on them, but not near enough to draw the attention of the basilisks. Uh, she's also stealth currently in the tall grass of the of the field. And walking somewhere nearby is go ahead, Corso, please introduce yourself. I'm muted. That was funny. What I said was funny, and I'm not going to repeat it now. It makes it even worse. Oh. <laughs> um, how close and to nearby would I be? Like, cause I'm I'm currently in the game. Okay. You uh, would like be. Roll, I am in roll twenty, so I'm just curious to, like, I assume you, your character has these made three it across. Has. Are you not on the we same? Oh, team. I am sorry. I haven't pulled you guys to the map. Here, let's pull you guys right to the map. There you go. So as of right now, your character has come from the west, very due west, across the open plain, um, also known as the Gilbrinda Plain, okay. named after the giant deer that live there and graze there. They are a specific... Um, a specific animal only to this land. They are not found anywhere else in this world currently. All right. Corso has made it across there, has made it through some uh, deeper... Dis uh, yeah, some through a swampy area. Then you, you came through a deciduous forest, and now you're back on grasslands, and you would be within... Probably eye shot. Within 30 feet? Not 30 feet of you. You can, I, I'm not sure. Well, how, how does Corso usually walk across open plain? Um. He's careful, especially when traveling alone. Okay. But not overly concerned. Okay. Would you be whistling, <laughs> playing your flute? reciting poetry probably whistling probably whistling uh so off back to just for instruments uh he does uh knows how to play the lute the viol and a lyre but i'm reskinning the lyre to be a ukulele <laughs> of so course you are ukulele i need something that i have within arm's reach <laughs> um but he does currently have on himself a uke and a lute okay but he is currently walking um, casually, like trying to stay aware of his surroundings, okay. but whistling to both let things know that he's there. Which is probably kind of a too... very good thing because he did have a run in with a herd of Gilbranda that he happened upon though he wasn't whistling. Um, uh. And they happened to stampede towards him, so he now knows <laughs> be careful. Mm. Sunidvari, from back towards where the Bernstein farm was, you hear a whistling that changes with tune. So you know that it's definitely someone that is whistling in the area. Mm. 
going to have to emerge out of the trees. He's already on the grasslands. Oh, can I see him? Roll a perception check. You're you're kind of keep, you're still keeping your attention between an eye on the Bernsteins at all times. So keep trying to kind of scan the horizon at the same time is not. Perception, yep. Hmm? It's a three. It's a three. It's a beautiful tune. But you can't currently locate where it's coming from. Can't see the man walking around with a bright red coat. Got it. I won't dare to poke my head up from where I'm hiding. Yeah. That's fair. That is fair. Um, Corso, can I have you yes. roll a perception check for me, please? A perception check? A perception check? Five billion. Uh, Eighteen. Can I get 16, you to? Did I get you to roll a stealth roll previously? Okay, can I get you to roll a stealth roll? Nineteen. Jesus Christ. Okay, guys. Thanks. And we walk. Past and you both each other. walk right, past each other, session. and this was the end of the session. No, because when he gets within thirty feet of me, okay. I can talk to him telepathically. Okay. Um. As you're walking, you notice a number of out, like an outcropping of stone. It draws your attention. Because from where you are and from the way it looks, it looks like a giant stone statue of several uh, Gilbrinda. Okay. One of them is missing a leg. And another one of them is tipped over as if it were drinking water or something. And they're perfect statues. The craftsmanship looks unearthly. As you continue to look in that direction, now you can spot other stone that looks also like other statues. It looks like there's um, a, a several that would be almost humanoid from where, where you stand. They would stand on two legs. It looks like they have two arms. And, yeah, you see, and it, it's something that's very different from the rest of the plane. The rest of the plane is fairly bald prairie. <laughs> Few stones here and there, like large stones here and there. But nothing that would rival this outcropping of probably close to 90 to 110 statues. That's what you see. Um. Well, seeing that and that there is no like civilization truly other than like farmhouses nearby probably would set off some warning signs and Corso I think would start going like maybe not quite stealthing but the whistling would stop and then slow his pace down a lot and be a little more like okay I'm looking around for something that doesn't seem like it would be too friendly perfect I continue to walk in the direction that he was informed of this town would be okay because the whistling has stopped now something has your attention please roll another perception check please be higher than a 3 13 13 as you cast your eyes back towards the burn scenes you can now see 
a bright flash of red as sunlight reflects off of a it is fairly bright red isn't it or is it a darker red it's a is there a photo for me or is there a character a, yes if you go to my character sheet I have a colored version of the miniature okay yeah yeah okay he's rather a brighter red and not like flash uh, and as you concentrate on it, you can see there is a human creature not human half elf a human creature humanoid bastard a human humanoid creature yes and, well, sorry what was that how far away am i he's about 60 feet from where you're uh, dug in uh, i'm just gonna immediately pop up <laughs> you also see something bright red in, in your future <laughs> a bright red horned demon jumps out out of the uh, out of the under undergrowth um Corso's hand would go to his saber, but not drawing it. Uh, and I'm gonna... uh, how f how far away? Sorry, sixty. You're sixty feet from each other. Sixty feet. Yes. I just need to know the range of this. Cool. You hear a message within your mind. Perfect. Ba dum ba da. Is the sound that's there before the message. Uh, it's 120 feet, a uh, creature within range that I can see, I believe. Yep. No, it is just somebody I can point my finger towards the creature within range and whisper a message. The target and only the target hears this message. Blah, 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 blah. The target, only the target, and the DM. And the DM, no, the DM doesn't get to hear. Yep. To the other channel. <laughs> <laughs> God hears everything. God watches everything. You nasty little half-elf. Who is God to a non-believer? Anyways. You STD-ridden creature. No. No. <laughs> you, that was old Corso. Not I, this new Corso. I, I made you roll for an S for a uh, performance check. That was great. Sorry. I did great. Very old D&D stuff. Go ahead. Anyways. That's old Corso, not new Corso. Not the new and improved. Anyways. Um, the message that you hear... Um, in your mind is so did you cause all of these statues and are you here to kill me um can i answer with that spell you you can respond to this message yes i did not kill these creatures you need to get your ass out of there or you're gonna fucking die <laughs> ba -da -ba -da. it's the end of the spell and then i'm just like actively waving you towards me it's, it's a cantrip, so I can just actively do it some more. <laughs> Hello. I am Corso Nilo Valeris. You touched my skull. Corso Nalayo Valeris. Nalayo, sorry. Nalayo. Um, yeah, you see a beckoning wave. I... Go over quickly, but not... Still, like quickly, however, still like concerned about this strange individual. But okay, now nah, uh, screw it. Corso would be all for it. It's just like yeah, whatever. But he he'd probably just do like a light jog over there. Perfect. Can I get a reminder of exact how you guys imagine these characters in your heads for me? Um, um, you see the picture. It's I see, like I, I see the picture. So a darker skin, well, bronze-skinned half-elf. Yep, like sun-kissed. Sun-kissed, blonde-haired. Sun-kissed. Half-elf. 
sporting yep. a roguish hat. Uh, he roguish hat. He's yeah. got he's got uh, the black hat pinned up to the one side with a black feather. Uh, it would be a raven feather. The uh, the symbol of the Valeris part of his family. Um, dressing in a naval officer's coat that he had stolen from a friend of his that died. Not a theft, and uh, they can't complain. Jesus, he, baby. he stole it at one point, and then got hired onto the crew because he stole it, mm. and then he stole it again after he died. That is a hell of a backstory. I forgot about that. That's a wall of text. Do you? Yeah, it's like page and a half. Um, the saber that he has on his hip is the scabbard for it is amazing. Like it's jeweled. It's very extravagant the sword itself placed within it is very plain it is like a naval style saber though um and then everything else is kind of hidden under his coat saber is the heavier of the rapier family right yes like so okay. uh with the hex blade it's like choose a one-handed weapon or a weapon with one-handed property and like flavor it to your one so, rapier, no, so just, 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 just for my understanding, because it's saber, rapier, and then we'd be foil at the bottom for strength of blade. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it would be saber, rapier, foil, but it's like the main difference is slashing, piercing, piercing. Yeah. So, that's the main thing is like if it is okay with you, it's it is everything to do with a rapier, but instead of piercing, it has slashing damage. I forgot to okay that with you for sure. Sounds, sounds good. You're, you specifically mentioned as, as a saber. Um, yeah. So that yeah, that's fine. Okay, perfect. Yeah, it's just slashing instead. He, yeah, he and wouldn't be juggling any of his daggers or anything like that, so you wouldn't see any of those. And for Nidvari, because mm -hmm. I don't actually have a colored version of this. Um, she is such a dark red that she is almost black. Okay. So in the sunlight, you can tell she's clearly a tiefling. At night, you can't. Okay. Okay. Um, and real, real poofy hair. With little tiniest horns that just peek out of the hair. Yeah. Um, and I'm standing at just about six feet tall. I'm in okay. boots that give me four inches, but I'm just about six feet tall. Okay, so yeah, you're <laughs> tall-ish and then the boots. Um, here, Here's like the actual, so Corso's like his, in his mid-twenties. Um, he's like 5'10". Um, his eyes are gray fairish skin but tanned because like this is he's kind of a sailor not a real sailor but kind of a sailor a and then sailor? um he was save something for the backstory of the episode yeah if you if you want you can read his backstory at any point <laughs> we, we will uh, we, we will also go through that at some point as uh yeah as an episodic thing Perfect. I just want a quick reminder um, for myself. So you guys see each other. You've given messages. You now are Corso is coming closer to your little. You've actually kind of wallowed out a piece of or some of the higher grass so that you can just see through the top of it to see the family Bernstein. They're probably about a ninety foot distance from you. Okay. 60 foot distance from you for your my for your uh 30 feet, 30 feet. oh shit okay you are close to the nest then i thought you were farther um i 
I'm probably sitting 60 feet so I can move 30 feet and cast. Okay. No, you probably wouldn't. After after the fight you guys had, you would not be wanting to draw any attention by moving. Mm. Um, and you've run into the past where you weren't the stealthiest thing in the world. Fair. Um, so you bet you bet it down fairly close. Sorry, that changes things slightly. So, yeah, she is standing... As you look past her, you can see there is three statues. Um, one is of a large, a fairly large man uh, swinging an axe. He's frozen forever in time. Uh, standing just behind him is a tiefling woman whose arms are wrapped around a small child. Um, so... Yeah, as uh, Corso is now, you guys are now are kind of now standing beside each other, like crouching beside each other, um, with the basilisk nest to the south of you. Um, you you are you are slightly north of the basilisk nest. Okay. Um, seeing the the stone family that seems like it's under your protection or watch, uh, friends or family of yours, I assume. People I was supposed to be responsible for. Oh. That responsible, are you? Something like that. Um, there's basilisks about. So, walking through this isn't uh, a clever idea. Well, I appreciate the warning. Do you have any ideas on how to help your friends here? sent the rest of the party back to Nock in hopes of getting something to restore them. Uh, we kill two basilisks and I'll point in the direction where the remains of their corpses are. Two very large serpentine bodies can be seen in the area that she's pointing towards. Eight legs on each of the creatures. It looks as if one of the creatures has expelled a number of guts from its mouth, um, there are now a large cacophony of flies that have infested the bodies. And as you guys are watching, a smaller serpentine creature, who you assume is also a basilisk, has come up and is starting to chew on the fatty tail of one of the larger basilisks. Um, would Corso know how to reverse the petrification? He would have no idea. All right. Actually, hold on. I know how. Hold on. Your character. Roll an intelligence check. Intelligence? Straight intelligence? Or do you want something Um, I'm looking... Hold on. I really... I don't think I have any proficiency in any of them, so it really doesn't matter. It would be a history check specifically to see if you can recall this. Uh, 18 total. 18 total. 16 plus 2. You have recalled coming a, a, a group that you had come across in the past. One of their, one of the sailors had befallen a basilisk nest on an outcropping island. They returned a year later to find the stone statue as it was. And they had returned with a potion 
that when applied to the eyes of the creature of the human, he returned as if he as if he had no, nothing had happened. Yeah. You know that it's specifically a potion, and that it is a very expensive potion. Okay. Do I know of how to make said potion? Make a medicine check. Because <laughs> unfortunately the rest of the party already did these checks and didn't work out too well. Already. Actually, Knox did. Uh, nat 1. Nat but. 1. Yep. No idea. Damn, this is sad because I know how, but whatever. Damn it. Well, didn't we come to, as a party, the collective agreement... That it was because of the, the gullets, and that's why the gullets were wanted. As yeah, sorry, that's absolutely information you can share right now. Um. So yeah. So we, yeah, uh, we uh, yeah, of course, would we'll probably say something before that. Sorry, just going with like. Uh, so, do you have one of those potions? Uh, no, we uh. Pulled the gullet out of the uh, basilisk. I didn't dissolve its insides. Um, oh. And that's going back to the party. We're hoping there's someone that can brew that potion for us. Unfortunately, the alchemist I know is nowhere near here, so <laughs> may not be of much help at this moment. Maybe I could just give you company until your friends arrive, or it would head be on my way if you no longer need me. Oh, yes, company. Oh, okay. Hold on a minute. We're going back to the glade, boys and girls. Thank you, Whisper Talking, because we're idiots and didn't use the magic ability. Well, we can yeah, speak in probably. silence. Okay. Perce perceptible little bastards, I tell you that. 25 seconds while I'm I assuming that I've had the equivalent of a long rest. You have had a long rest, okay. yes. And uh, I'm moved... still level 700, right? Of course. I moved my Dvari back where I figured the Brandsteins were before you shifted the map down. I don't. Oh, I'm, did you? I'm about yeah. to click on the map and I'll, all of a sudden a giant corso appears. I'm sorry. Okay, good. Okay, let me see here. We can remove those other fools. Uh. <laughs> little baby. Sorry, a little baby. So, sorry, the family's over here? Uh, the family was down here, because we moved up like 60 or 80 feet. Sorry. The, to, this is where the family actually is. Okay, so we're moving the okay. basilisks then? I'm moving the bat. I'm, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm getting there. I didn't expect them to roll a nat 20 on their perception. Um, and for you guys not to have stealth when you got back there, let yeah. me go. Hold on, I gotta clear the drawings. Well, one of us wasn't stealth. Clear all the drawings. I mean, she stood up. So I that is directly where it was. Then duck back down. Yeah, of course I didn't duck back down. Plus, you guys were talking. Yeah, it's the talking that I feel like gave us away. Okay. Uh, okay. So you are. Do, do. K 
Can you give me a measurement that would be 30 feet north of there here? Thank you. Corso. I'm moving you on the board. There he is. So handsome. So pretty. Okay. So now. Corso's on here twice. Where the hell's the other Corso? Scroll up. Oh no, it just didn't move off mine. I've got Corso in that corner too. Oh. Okay. Sorry, from over here, your screen looks really, really blue. Mm. I was like, I don't remember me making this forest blue. Um, to start this round, what we're going to do there is... There is two courses. Oh, there is two courses. Be gone, thought. <laughs> That's what I say to all my thoughts. So what we're going to do is they got a surprise round. Okay. Unfortunately, they are not um, overly fast or quiet creatures. <laughs> However, much smaller than the larger ones that you guys had fought um, in our previous session. So they each get to take their full round. And okay. Oh, and I have very bad news. Very bad news. We're dead. No, but we're going to have to roll. One makes it here. One makes it here. And this one makes it here. Please roll initiative. Uh, as we're rolling initiative, and they come storming up, avert your eyes. Uh, 14. Woohoo. Let me color all these boys. So just for the sake of ease, we have black, red, and purple. And blue, me, blue, red, and purple. Blue, sorry, what did I say? Black. My bad. It's all good. I just wanted to make sure I heard correctly. No, that's fair. Okay, so you have... Uh, okay, so we have... A... Oh, God, why can't I do math? Uh, so do we have 25 to 20? 20 to tw uh, 15? 15 to 10? 14. 14, thank you. 10 to 5? 7. Oh, God. Great, because my dexterity is my dexterity is good. I just rolled real low. That that's fair. And then we have that's right. I rolled like shit. That's fine. Okay, so at the start of this first round, we have the basilisk that is on the left of the group. Blue. Mm -hmm. Blue. Yeah, the blue basilisk runs up. And I just gotta check one thing with the sheets. Okay, perfect. He makes a lunging bite attack at Nidvari. And that will be a 16 to hit. Yeah. With a hit. We are doing some damage. That is 
11 piercing damage. And 5 poison damage. Uh, with the, yeah, he, the creature just comes running up. Kind of, their first assault caught you guys off guard. And with this, for, with the first uh, creature to make it, he takes a large chunk out of, uh, or takes a large bite on your leg and throws you around a little bit, but you're able to break free and land back on your feet. Um, injured, but ready to take revenge on some Basli. So that takes us to Nidvari. I'm really sorry about this. Okay. Because you're also going to get hit by my spell. Uh, oh, that's fine. Uh, yeah, he's still 10 feet. Um, and I'm going to cast uh, Shatter. You're going to cast Shatter. I'm going to cast Shatter centered on the red one. Okay. Um, so it should hit all three of them, but it will also technically hit Corsal if we're counting diagonally. Can you bring up the, can you bring up shatter for me? Has it hit everything within the area? Uh, uh, each creature. Radius. Each creature in a ten foot radius sphere centered on that point must make a Constitution saving throw, which includes yourself. Does it? It includes you. It does include you. It is okay, each creature. Hang on, then I'm not casting that. <laughs> okay. I've got six hit points left. Oh, okay. Yeah, you might not want to uh, send yourself into oblivion. Yeah. Sorry. Heads up. If you do something like if you cast a fireball, yeah, it hits you and everything else. Kate, you're casting Arms of Hadar at a second level. Perfect. Um, so it's a strength saving throw. Strength saving throw. And you are choosing the... Th uh, it doesn't... It centers on myself automatically. Centers on yourself and reaches out how far? Uh, Is it within five? Feet. Hmm? Ten feet. So Ten feet. Everybody. It's going to hit everybody. Okay. Does, does that one hit me too? No. Arms of Hadar, she can choose to attack up to three creatures. And she's chosen not to attack you, which is weird. Whoa. Uh, what's, your, so what's your spell save DC? Is it 14? Uh, yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, red and blue have failed. Only one, only one. Uh, purple has made the save. Made the save? Okay. Yes. Um. So as you kind of watch as Nizvari reaches her hands out and the tips of her fingers turn black and the, uh, her eyes turn even more black. As she summons out from her body three huge black tendrils that give off a black miasma that sinks down to the ground. And she kind of reaches out with her hand. She thro throws a hand out to the, uh, the the basilisk to her left and the other two basilisks she throws out the other hand. The three tentacles reach out and begin pummeling the creatures. So it's uh, nine necrotic damage. Nine necrotic, okay. Uh, and then half damage to the other one. Okay, perfect. So that's nine necrotic, so they can't heal from that. Um, and then half damage would be four, because there's five rolled that run down. And they can't down. take any reactions till the end of the next And they day. can't take any reactions. Okay. Uh, cool. So that means that you have taken your action. Yep. You have a bonus action still to use, and you still have your th up to 30 feet of movement. Um, Keep in mind that I react the... Uh, attack of opportunity is a reaction attack. So okay, then I'm gonna move my uh, thirty feet back. Okay, you're running thirty feet back. So after pummeling these creatures, they're they're 
kind of taken aback, and Nidvari begins to uh, turn tail, but the tentacles actually continue to stand where she was, almost like an after image, and continue to beat these creatures. Showed up. You did not avert your gaze. Thank you for reminding me. Please make a constitution saving throw. We'll see if they're moving then. I did say I was going to avert my gaze as I rolled initiative, did I not? You did. And you specifically said it. However, she failed to say at the start. Uh, two. All right. Two. As you have beaten these creatures, you happen to lock eyes with one of them and you begin to feel the muscles in your body atrophy and as you turn to like leave you're unable to uh, you're unable to move currently because your muscles don't um agree with you um i can fall like as an at-will spell can i use that as a bonus action you cannot cast two spells um during your turn even though it's uh is it a cantrip no but it's a like it was one of the addition things that i got it's yeah unfortunately you cannot cast two spells you could cast a spell and a cantrip or a cantrip and a spell um however you cannot do two spells as a uh during your action i'm assuming that also counts for things that are ga gathered through feats or am i incorrect in that um we'll make the calling right now okay so sorry what is the second thing that you're wanting to try to do she wants to cast false life on herself she has false life because of a uh, it's a like Elder. a tiefling warlock it's trait. It's fiendish vigor. Yeah, because of fiendish vigor. Yeah, so it's one of your invocations. But is that a is it an action to cast false life? I have got the book. Hold on. I don't have the book. Uh, can I still I can I still play his hand up for 30 oh. seconds? Yeah. Here, I can just look it up right now. There you go. False life is a one action casting. It is but it is does say differently here. Does it? Um, oh, does it say it differently under your warlock? Under if it's under the warlock thing, because Corso is a part warlock, I am able to cast ar mage armor on myself at will, which I do at morning every morning. So at will, without yeah. at will, but it still acts as the spell, so I can cast it on myself at will. So, but without expending a spell slot or components. Okay. So you would have had to do that previously. Previously. Okay. That's all I wanted to check. Good to know. So it's like you still are casting the spell, but you can use it as many times as you like, is how I interpret that. Yes. Yes, oh, okay. absolutely. It does, not require, and also, it does not require a spell slot. It does not require... Yeah, it doesn't require a spell slot. So... What so is the ruling that you want to do for this one? Oh mighty god, you can only cast one spell slot or can only use one spell slot per turn. So if I use a bonus action spell and an action cantrip, is okay? Yes, and okay. so and it's actually something that I read, I uh, came across in I forget which rule book. It specifically says that it's like one of the rules, yeah. And I no, think I, just want to make sure, I, I think I, I like that. Yeah, I, I prefer that one as well. I just want to make sure that we're following the same rules because I've had DMs before that are like, oh, no, as long as it's an action and a bonus action, you can cast two spells a turn. Yeah, that just, just, it makes, I don't know, I find that makes wizards a little, or like 
magic casting creatures a little bit OP. Yeah. Um, oh, just wait till my turn. It'll be fine. Oh, I, I believe it. Speaking of your turn. Uh, well, oh, sorry, did Nithari. You can still do a bonus action. The one that I hit the least, I want to uh, cast Chill Touch. It's a cantrip. Is it a bonus action cantrip? Oh, I have no bonus action cantrip. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I have any bonus action cantrip. And unfortunately, you cannot do that. Did Nithvari run away? Nithvari was unable to run away. Sorry, why was Nithvari unable to run away? Because Nithvari did not avert gaze at the start of her turn. Ah, okay. Um, okay, sorry, I missed that part. No, no worries. In oh, fact, shit. The one that bit me? Yeah. Uh, it autocasts Hellas Rebuke against them. Oh, okay. Good to know. I just remember that. Uh, can you bring up Hellish Rebuke for me? Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. So that was your response, reaction. That's fair. You're also new to this and new to these to, to this. Um, you know uh, what? Screw it. Yeah, I'm not a dick to you. We'll, we're gonna we're gonna we're retconning just for a second um, right. to allow a reaction to take place. Um, it also does an auto cast at a second level. Yes. So do your three d ten. Yeah. Okay. 19. Jamaha. So when this creature bit you as it like pulled its teeth away from your uh, away from your body, your body actually let out on a jet of flame. And as you pointed your finger, that flame concentrated into the throat of this creature. Uh, so that is holy crap. Okay. Uh, blue's down. Blue's down. <laughs> Repeat, blue is down. Um, with the ha arms of Hadar, it pummels this this small basilisk, this chihuahua-sized basilisk in comparison to the other basilisks. Uh, it is down and out. Oh, you feel better about only having six hit points. And then I close my eyes. Then you okay. Then you close your eyes. Corso, your turn, please. Uh, you are now left with two basilisks that are south of you, south of your current location. Nidvari yep. has seemed to begin to or her muscles seem to be atrophying or not atrophying um stonifying? not stonifying she seems to be unable to move at this time Alrighty, Carso being the fantastic hero he is places a hand on nithvari's shoulder and says don't worry everything will be okay and casts cure wounds <laughs> <laughs> fuck oh i love you I didn't know one of you had healing. Yeah, I'm a bard too, remember? <laughs> I did forget that. Uh, I got stuck on the warlock. Yeah, one level bard, two level warlock. And everything else from this on, like from this point on, is bard. Um, so, with his soothing words and the nice touch on your shoulder, a nice wave of healing magic flows through you. Uh, and you gain back six HP. Thank you drawing his saber and taking a step forward he um, I just want to reach 
this. Okay, so I avert my eyes. Okay. And technically, because of that, I cannot see a creature, so I cannot place my Hexblade's curse on anyone. Right. Um, so that was an action. Bonus action. I got nothing at the moment. Okay. So you feel yeah. some... You feel a rejuvenation of energy as the wounds on your leg begin to close. And Corso steps forward, unleashing a saber. Also, from the scabbard after he draws up the saber, you see smoke kind of billowing out of it. Not, sorry, not billowing, billowing out of it. Kind of... Wafting? Yes. Like, you know those little smoke fountains? Ooh, like little fog machines in there. Yeah, yeah, like that, but it's a very dark, black, and purpley looking smoke pouring out of it. <laughs> you got a warlock it, fog machine. It reminds you of yeah. your of your school days. Okay, with that, the purple uh, purple basilisk takes a step forward and bites at the thing that just uh, made movement with a fifteen to hit. It does not hit. It does not hit. Okay. Takes a bite at you and with a... Death kick now I'm going to be... Uh, kick of your boot, uh, uh, being, I'm asking a question. Yes. From DM to DM. Yes. Are you rolling with advantage because I am technically blinded? I am not. I'm technically blinded. Are you technically blinded? My eyes are closed. Oh, you full closed your eyes. You're not just averting your gaze. I am full closed my eyes because I stepped between the two. Okay. Thank you for the information. The next one will make an attack with advantage. The purple one took a bite at you and you felt it coming. Just gave it a good kick on the snout. Okay, there we go. 23 to hit. Uh, 23 does hit. I hope so. Oh, you have mage armor too, don't you? Yeah, it only brings my AC up to uh, 17. I mean, it's more than anyone else in this crew has. No, that's uh, what, less than that's less than Balrin. Yeah, Balrin and Vaska. Balrin's only 16, isn't he? Oh, is he only 16? I'm not sure. Okay. The second one, as you're kicking the first one away, uh, lunges forward and bites onto the leg that is... Excuse me. That is keeping you solid. It does. Oh god, hold on. Ten points of piercing damage. And eight points of poison damage. Um, sorry, eight points and ten points, so eighteen total. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so that takes us back to the top of the round, Mithvari. Well, I can't move, can I? You cannot move currently, nope. Okay. I cast uh, Minor Illusion. Okay. Um, just in, like, here. Okay. Uh, to look like a... Like the front of a basilisk is coming out of that bush. Okay. Uh, can, can you click on that minor illusion spell for me? Yeah. Just to bring it's it up. It's a five feet 
five cubic feet. Yeah. Okay. So I could do like the front portion of it, so like when they look at it. So like a bigger basilisk. Yeah. Okay. Something bigger than these two. Okay. Um, for the sake of this, I'm going to have you cast that spell mm -hmm. or cast that cantrip. Perfect. So you've created the image of a much larger basilisk front almost coming up out of the ground or just out of the out of the outcropping? Like out of the outcropping. Out of the outcropping, okay. Um, because, sorry, just as a heads up to anyone that's listening, we are playing on a forest map because I was not expecting what to happen. So when she said trees, she meant croppings because that was something we did last time. So hey, I'm going to have you roll. I am going to have you roll. Please note my eyes are still closed, so it's in that direction. Yep, your eyes are, yeah, you're averting your gaze. Thank you for telling me that. Well, you won't roll anything. You, 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 you use a cantrip. Uh, shit. Can I get you to roll a arcana check for me? Fourteen. Beautiful. <sighs> With a quick uh, flick of your wrist, a you make it look as if a larger portion basilisk, four of the eight legs and the head and the front body, have walked just started to walk around the side of that of the um, of the outcropping. This is the, the troll outcropping, so it's a very large stone. The basilisk, uh, watch you extend your hand and look over to that, and they see the larger basilisk. They failed their ability to be able to tell if it's real or not. And seeing the much larger basilisk turn to flee. Um, you still have, uh, that was your, uh, that was an action. You still have a bonus action. I don't have anything I can cast as well. You don't have anything to cast? Okay. Please make a second constitution check. I'm just going to tell you now. Uh, constitution's a zero, so four. Four. Damn. Nithvari in this final movement has succeeded in protecting a new person she's met. But as she reaches out her hand, she watches as her, as her fingertips begin to turn to stone. And with a resignation knowing that she has attempted to keep the bird scenes happy she knows that someone will come and save her as the rest of her skin and body begins to harden um, unlike the other stones she takes on a more deeper black color and you are now petrified 
Corso, you are blinded. Mm-hmm. Yep. Eyes are currently closed. So you have no idea what just happened. Nope. But you do hear the basilisk movement. They they begin to turn. Okay. Um. What do you do on your turn? Probably peek an eye open. Okay, peeking an eye open, you now see the back of the basilisks, their tails um, held fairly out straight. Look, and you now see they're turning away from a large minor illusion that is beginning to disappear from view as the person who's cast it is now petrified. Um, fuck. So, have they started to run away? They have not had their turn yet, but yes, you imagine on their turn, they are beginning to turn tail and fucking run. Alrighty. Corso himself now will turn to Nithvari and try to do what he, do what he can to stop the petrification from happening. For the sake of this, we are now going to stop with turn by turn. The two basilisks run to a den and book it underground. Uh, Nidvari has learned something while observing these creatures. She's come to understand something about their nature and understood that a larger basilisk is terrifying to smaller basilisks. She also came to that understanding by watching the smaller basilisk begin to eat the bigger basilisk. So cannibalism is not something that is a problem with them. Standing behind you is with a hand outraised, head held up high, but like a grimace on her face is now a black stone Nithvari. Um. Sitting beside her is a very dead baby basilisk. Or juvenile. (sighs) Corso wants to try something. Corso can try something. He puts his saber away, pulls out one of his kukri from his back, uh, and tries to cut out the gullet of the basilisk. Make a nature check, followed by a sleight of hand check. Okay. Uh, The nature check is a... 19, 17 plus 2. You are very easily able to identify the gullet of this creature. Uh, the sleight of hand is a 22, 16 plus 6. And with with surgical precision, as you begin to cut away from the... Where on normal humans, it would be like a voice box. Yeah. There is There are several sacks, five sacks, in fact, that surround this particular... Um, throat. There are. Uh, you now have the gullet of a basilisk. Uh, he would like to 
take one of them and kind of rip it over rip it open and pour it onto Nithvari's face trying to rub it into her eyes make a all, all the while while he's doing this he's going like no 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 you you aren't allowed to do this make a medicine check Nine. You open one of the gullets, and as you do so, the silvery liquid um, pours down upon Nithvari's face. You very specifically rub. Hello? Uh, sorry. You very specifically know from the story. That it has to be applied to the eyes. Mm-hmm. You know that the potion is very expensive. And you realize that it's probably so expensive because these gullets are very hard to get. You also recall that the potion was a pure silver, the same color that has been described. The liquid begins to pool in her eyes, in the tear ducts of her eyes. And the black stone begins to turn red. After a couple of seconds, her body returns to its function. Uh, as and she's turning back is to currently her, fine. Well, as she's currently turning back to her normal color, he's kind of wiping her face a little bit. It's like, oh, thank God. Um, found something out. And then uh, goes and gets more of the gullets and goes. Okay, so these little guys have fucked off. They have fucked off for a while. Did, did you see where they went? He did observe where um, they went. They went into the central went outcropping. Over here? Uh, over here. It would have been over this way. Okay. Um, and they seem to disappear into a mound there. Okay. okay. Um, so that was one of the gullets. Yes. Okay. Um, and you I, said there was five? I full try to pick Corsal up in a big hug. Uh, there and were five. Just, just hang on a moment, and then Corso reaches back into the gullets, pulls out two more, hands them to Nithvari. Okay. Um, grabs two the last two himself. Says, "Rip these open, rub them into the eyes of your friends, your the family you're trying to take care of." Um. Okay. So. uh I'll and then Corsal will like kind of walk over, take one, because there's three, right? It's uh, it's the, the parents block, the his baby. wife, and a kid. Yeah, block, hope, and Odin. Um, so he would 
Sorry, I'm also trying to write down what's going on so I don't forget about what's going on. No, that's fine. Um, I, that's also why I've been. That's why I started making recordings at the first was so I can go back and make DM notes. I was like, fair. why don't I just release this for everybody, like for all of our team to hear it? So if they want to go back and understand, hear what happened, they do. Yes. Um, okay. So he would go to one of the three. I don't know whom. Uh, and just like kind of rip open the gullet, kind of like how he did to Nidvari, and then just start rubbing the silvery yeah. oil the into. Okay, uh, so you probably you probably walk up to. Um, hold on, roll a D two for me. Me? Yeah. One one will be block. Two will be hope. Uh one. One. Okay, so you walk up to block, um, reaching up slightly. And Nidvar, you're watching this very closely. Mm-hmm. You watch as he actually takes the uh, his knife and cuts the end of the sack and pours the silver liquid onto both of the eyes and he actually rubs it into the eyes. Okay. Um, as he does so, you see the stone flush of Block Bernstein return to its regular red, reddish hue tanned hue as block follows through with the swing that he was making please make, please make a deck saving throw corso good i'm actually fairly decent at those um let me bring back my character sheet a dexterity saving throw yes 17. Uh, as you watch his muscles return to his own control, you see that they're bulging and be, like as if so, as if swinging, and you just step to the side as just an axe goes thud into the ground beside you. Uh, Corso kind of watches it, looks back, pats him on the shoulder. It's one way to thank the person who just saved your life. Uh, Corso hands his, like flips the kukri, uh, grabs it by the blade, and then holds it out to Nithvari and says, do that to the other two with those two that you uh, have. And I pull out my own knife. And, like, as soon to... as uh, Block started coming back to life, I was already doing it to help. Going into action for hope? Okay, perfect. So when Corso notices that, he flips his knife back again. Um, what are some of these these things? Like, what do these statues kind of look like? Okay. Give me one second. Because I'm wondering if there's something big but somewhat intelligent that Corso could talk to. With a with a softening of face and a heaving of shoulders, you can see Block takes a look at you, takes a look at where he is, turns and sees his wife and child, his second child, turned to stone at the same time that you begin to rub it into hope's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's speechless. There is tears welling in his eyes as now his wife's natural... Uh, was she red or purple? She was red. She was red, thank you. As her, like, um, raspberry red skin takes back its tone. Um, as well as Odelaine... Odelaine's uh, um, reddish-tinged human skin also returns to tones. To, to, to returns. Uh, I'm 
going to turn to Corso and say, you got one more, right? I handed you two. Yeah, so I needed, what, one for Hope and one for Odalene? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, then I go, you got one more, come with me, and, like... Okay. I'm going to let the three of them embrace, because obviously... That is exactly... The axe is left where it stands, and, and Block picks up his wife and child and holds them tight. Um... Corso, yeah, Nithbari tells you to come with her. I I follow. And you guys go to another small child statue. Oh, right. However, yeah. upon closer inspection, let me sh- make sure I have this correct. Spanish. His right hand is missing. And a large chunk is missing from his left thigh. The stone looks marred and chewed on. Can you, before we open that, can you do anything for him if we restore him? I can hit him with a healing spell. I have nothing really of sustenance to really bring back any missing limbs. Maybe close a wound or two, but that leg might not be able to be saved. It, as awful as it sounds, it might be better to break it off now and heal it when, when it's off. Let's get the Berensteins, because it's their child, and it should be their decision. So we'll give them a minute. for me. Okay. As you give them their minute, <clears throat> what are you specifically looking for, um, Corso? Um, well, yeah, when when saying this, Corso would uh, probably be telling Nithvari about his plan to, we could use this to return one of the larger beasts back to wreak havoc on this basilisk nest. You're going to need something, something that's, that's smart enough not to fall prone to them again. Um, something more or less to give us more time to run away. I think we'll have... I mean, we've killed the big ones. I've seen no other big ones. I think we've bought ourselves enough time to clear this area. We can hit the edge of the woods and just go around. Well, we have one left, so we can save it for this child or... Uh, something else if need be as you're looking around you see that there are several or there sorry there is one very large statue however it has worn smooth with time Mm. and it has even more gouges out of it than the stone burn sea okay Um, for player information, not character information, this was covered the first time this uh, you guys came by these outcroppings, and I think it was either Balrin or Felin judged that probably that statue has been there for a hundred years. years plus. Oh, okay. 
uh, I guess I'll interrupt Bernstein's. Okay, yeah, as you walk forward, like, Block lets his family down, um, turns towards you and says, Thank you. But how? It's something we can talk about back in Nock, behind the walls. There is one more thing that we should address while we're here. And I guess I'll bring them over to the kid. Okay. Um, you can see that Hope hides Odalane's eyes. Yeah. Like, picks him up and turns him back around as they get closer to the statue. And Block physically tenses. We can restore him as well. But he's damaged, and he will be damaged when he is restored. As your child, I would love to return him to you, but he will not be the same child that you left here. That you lost here. Damaged is better than gone. And to be able to hold my daughter again would be better whether she was simply a husk than to leave her here to be eaten. Um, so I guess then we'll have to address of whether or not that leg is going to be salvageable. Is that leg going to be salvageable? Like is it just missing flesh where she's going to have an awful scar or would it be deep enough to be bone where she will Make a medicine anyway? check for me please. Um, I'm assuming. I, so sorry. Are you asking? Were you asking that as a player or as a character? Uh, as a player. Okay, what? as a player. What was your medicine check? Six. Six. You have not dealt with large wounds like this in the past. Um. Unfortunately, it's just not. It's something that's out of your wheelhouse. You don't have very much healing history uh one of your one of your human brothers broke a leg one time but that's about the extent to like dealing with sick people that you've had unfortunately you can't tell whether there is bone underneath the stone is like the stone that is gouged out doesn't show a difference in depth or not depth but in, as in like there is not an obvious difference between what would be a bone stone and what would be a flesh stone um what about how deep is it though like is it can i put my whole fist in it you uh, how big is your fist like your size probably there is a two fist piece so it would be one fist here and one fist here uh, like fists on top of each other, and you can more or less put that through where the chew mark was. Um, judging by its size, it definitely looks like one of the larger basilisks took a, took a bite. Um, well, you, to be you have received a small bite from these creatures, and the pain was extraordinary, and they did not rip off flesh from you. You don't know how well a child would deal with that kind of pain. 
your character would not know how much how your a child would deal with that kind of pain. This is something you've also been thinking about for a while. That's why you have like as much information as you do. Um, I guess we'll put it more to Corso. Okay. So Block has said his piece, and he's now collected hope, and they're, they're walking further away. Further away from the statue, you can tell it's definitely a very sore point in some place he does not like to spend time. But you do catch both parents looking back towards you, you guys standing there. Um, as they walk away, you turn to Corso. I mean... I, I have three spells left. I can get us back to Nox safely. That's not a problem. Well, I'm fine with that. I'm just telling you, I kept three spells left to dump healing into this child if we want to try to bring them back. Well, I think we should bring her back. Um, my concern is keeping her hand from bleeding out and her leg from bleeding out. My heels should help stop the wounds. Or s close the wounds. She might just pass out from the pain as she turns back. You're unsure. You didn't. You didn't go. You didn't come out with any new injuries. So it's you. But you do know human children do not have a very high pain tolerance. No. Also, human as children you, only have like one HP. As, so you know, quick uh, as you, backhand. As you. Uh, Learned torture, tormenting your human brothers and sisters. Excuse me. I mean, I can keep her from dying. Because I can cast Spare the Dying, so she won't actually die. So, has it, the Sorry, I, I, I cannot give you any more I information know. than I've given. Are you I just know. talking this, this is, out? This is, this is talking it out okay that's fine that's perfect that, that, you just keep looking at me expectantly i'm like i can't give you any more answers i know the best i can do for this child if we try this is heals to help stop the bleeding and do what i can to patch him up with what i've got the alternative is we let's say go back to town try to find a druid but i don't want to leave her sitting out here any longer than we have are you prepared to let a child hug you with a nubbin? Yes. She's going to be unconscious. I'm just going to pick up her little unconscious body. It's fine. Looking at the wound, Corso figures he can probably stop the bleeding. Okay. Yep. But probably not before the child goes unconscious. Okay. Then, uh, let's return a daughter to her family. <laughs> okay. Which one of you's got the, uh... Corso does. Corso does, does. Okay. And I'll put my hands, like, already on her, so as soon as she starts turning back to, like, flesh, I'll Actually, as, as soon as Corso's about to, and he goes, sees what you're doing, and goes, oh, what am I doing? And then hands it to you, he's like, I've got the heels.
and then places one hand on the nubbin and the other hand on you said it was the thigh that had yeah. the bites out yeah. of it yeah the the well yeah i guess i'll already be touching her so yeah that's you will fine. be uh right thigh right hand okay um i'm gonna do it from behind her so that when she goes limp she doesn't hit the ground okay because i'm assuming i stand over this child okay Here's how it's going to go down. Your Both of your characters have prepared their spells. You guys, like... We are ready the, for this. The air around you is charged with magic. You have both delved into your expertise and are prepared the instant that this child becomes flesh. Nidvara, you cut open the... Um, gullet. The gullet. You empty it into the eyes. As you begin to massage it the same way you did previously, several beats pass. But the stone does not become flesh. At this time, all the your magic prepared Landis Bernstein continues to be stoned. As your character fights with the situation that is currently before her, before her, and Corso also observed this, you both come to appreciate that they're in order to turn something from stone that has been stoned for a long time, something else has to be done to the liquid. At this point, Landis Bernstein is still stoned in the outcroppings. Right. Sorry, what was her name? Landis. I apologize. It's Landis. Landis. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Landis. L A. Sorry, I'm just. Yeah, no. L A N D I S. Yep. Bernstein, like the Bernstein <laughs> Bears, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Shut your mouth. That's fine. Bern Bernstein. Bern Bernstein. Bernstein. I have it written down as both in here currently. So. Okay. Um, yeah. At this time, both of your characters appreciate that something else has to be done. Okay. So that's all we can do. Yeah. Um, Information well, might well, become yeah. apparent to you later. Um, and w once again me being outside of character as DM um, I, I I play something I've noticed as of late with the last couple D&D &D groups I've played um, and this is a failing of myself as well as a DM is that I'm very against meta knowledge However, 
I very dislike meta knowledge in where two group of people are separated and they instantly learn the information. I don't mind if two if the group gets together and then everyone just knows it, or if in like a fight they realize something and they share that information and then the fight changes. However, your characters don't have an intelligence. They have an intelligence score. And what that means is that if you use that, I as a DM will either give you information that you recall or something your characters might know about the world that you as a player don't know, it will become apparent to you. But your characters get at least part of their intelligence from you as a player. So that means if you guys are talking outside a game, especially in this style of game, because you guys all spend time in the same tavern in the same town, if you guys talk, like if you and Carl talk, and you're like, man, like what the hell happened? What? Why didn't that work? Now, obviously, Carol, Carol, oh my God, Carl as a DM will have more information, but we as DMs and players. We'll make that separation. We will make sure that our characters don't share overshare information. But you guys can talk stuff out. And then when you come back to a session, if you're like, hey, I think I figured it out. Then we can do that. It's just a, a, like I've, I've shared a lot of information with you, with you guys tonight. And as I share information with my all of my characters and all my players. But it's just something that I've noticed. Um, a few people have called like, hey, man, like, would your character know that? Yeah, your character knows that because you as a human being know that. You flesh out your character with your extra knowledge, your extra expertise. That's why, at times, we will probably be serenaded with a ukulele by our by our dear bard here. Um, or he might come up with a like a nice quip. That's just something that he supplies to his character. Same thing with you. You have a history with like with as a seamstress. Hey, I like that song. Good job. Um, but you as a seamstress will know more stuff that maybe your character, growing up as she did, doesn't have all that information. You can still feed that information to your character. And that's something that I'm going to address the whole group with, but it's just something I want to address with you guys here tonight as well, is that do not feel health pack from sharing information that you have with other player or other characters because you supply that intelligence to your character. Um, and it's something that in the future when people are like, oh, that's kind of meta gaming, I will call if it's meta. And if it's meta, I will shut it down or there will be consequences. Um, but in general, the knowledge that you have, feel free to use it. If, if someone came and played with us that has two kids and I'm describing a situation and he's like, I know how I'm going to entertain these kids because he has two kids and he does that maybe his character is a hermit that has never been around children it doesn't matter you as a player give that knowledge um because i just think that's easier on everyone so that's the way we're going to do that at this time landis is still stone however block you can see block and hope are standing at the out, out at the edge of the outcropping kind of looking back towards you guys Wondering what to do next. Well, I'm assuming you're looking for Nock. Uh, yes, I need money. <laughs> um, 
saw the posters and whatnot. Yeah, come with me. Um, we'll go back. I'm gonna just, like, apologize to Hope and Block. Like, at some point, I will return your daughter to you. There is something else that needs to be done here, and I will find a way to complete your family again. Um, Hope reaches out a hand to you. And like takes your hand in hers and then like puts her other hand on top. You've given us something that we haven't had in a long time. Hope can be dangerous for people like us. But knowing that you're here with us will sustain us. And we trust you. Block takes a step forward and gives you the biggest pat on your back that you've ever gotten. Okay, enough of the, the weepy stuff. We, we've got work to do. Mm-hmm. As he begins to march off towards Nock. Yeah. And that's what we're going to call this session. Your characters will successfully make it to the town of Nock. Um. The Bernsteins um, will actually take up residence at one of the houses in Nock. Um, it is a house on, I haven't drawn out the town of Knox, so I don't actually, actually know exactly where this house is. I'm going to say it's west of the, uh, map maker's mistake. And, um, yeah, they've been taken. You guys return. Uh, I also return all their stuff to them. You also return all their stuff. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And now will at some point get her revenge. I'm aware. Um, as well as I slide uh, Corso 10 gold. Uh, I mean, he did just straight up save my life. Okay, so Corso, you are up 10 gold. Nidvari is down 10 gold. Uh, Cor- Corso takes it in his hands and says, you really don't need to, as he's saying it, as he's putting it into his pocket. He's not giving it back, but... I just kind of, like, hold up my hand and wave him away. Like, I'm not arguing it. It's done. I'm not gonna owe you a life debt. And I appreciate your assistance. God, I wouldn't want to... you would owe me anything. The Bernstein's also returned your key. Okay. Uh, Corso, you come in and you meet uh, Master Stoneforge, a very rushed meeting as the town of Nock is still on very high alert. Corso becomes um, aware of the orc um, raiding party that has formed, but no other further knowledge has been made known yet. Uh, what, 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 what's up? Uh, just when Corso would talk to Stoneforge, he'd be talking to him in Dwarvish. Okay. He, he casts you a, a sly glance, slightly confused, but kind of shrugs it off. Uh, you now have in your possession a room key. That room key allows you access to a private room within the map maker's mistake. In that private room, there is a chest that with a lock that matches the door lock, so only you can access it. You also have a fair-sized bed, and uh, just like the map maker's mistake, 
I would usually RP, but currently it's in a state of half panic. And so as of this moment, we just I just won't RP it because it's it's a little bit Yeah, it's just it's crazy. So you you get your stuff, you get your name written down in the book. Um, what do you give him as your uh, as your occupation? Juggler. Juggler. Perfect. As as you say that, the minister in the corner of the room chokes on his chokes on his uh, his words that he's currently entertaining some children with, and <laughs> gives you a glare. Character yeah, so ca character when, doesn't see it, but there is definitely a glare. What, okay, Corso turns around, pulls out his uh, his uke, and kind of watched his room, but just dead staring the minstrel. Uh, the minstrel in the corner. Perfect. Um, awesome job tonight, guys. Um, that was great. Uh, we're gonna call the podcast here, and as you guys have noticed with my other podcast, I can't, I don't give the XP breakdown because I don't think anyone outside of the games should know what the XP breakdown is because I give XP based on RP and battle. Um, it's just a way to encourage people to RP. You guys are already real naturals. Carl's one of the best RPers I ha I've ever had. Second only to a druid that we once had. Yeah, I hate that guy. I hate that Showed guy too. Up. I love him so much. I hate him. I hope um, he hears this. I hope so too. So we're going to call it there, and then we will uh, we'll do the XP after. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, we will. This will probably get cut, and I will do a proper ending with our other DM. But until that time, have a good day.